This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 436 with Megan Francis. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 436. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Cosmetology. Do you have a kiddo who suffers from eczema? You are going to want to check out the Cosmetology Lotion Bar. So to get started with Cosmetology and get 15% off your first order, go to cosmetology.com and use the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's Cosmetology, K-O-S-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com shameless and get $10 off your first purchase. Megan Francis is a very shameless mom of five kids ages 11 to 22. She's also an author, a writer, and the co-host of the Mom Hour podcast. She regularly speaks and coaches women and moms on building sane and satisfying lives, embracing creativity, and reinventing their careers. Megan has been momming her entire adulthood, having her first child in her early 20s. She's been writing, blogging, and reinventing herself online for 15 years. 
She's learned a lot of lessons along the way and her energy is infectious and her perspectives are so refreshing. I loved this conversation. We had booked and rebooked this a few times. So this conversation has been a few months in the making and I've been so excited to have Megan on and everything about this conversation surpassed my expectations. We just had a ton of fun laughing together, comparing notes, learning from each other. And I just think that this was a really fun conversation that's going to bring some lightness and levity to current times, but also bring some tremendous value. So listen in to hear Megan share how current times are taking us back to newborn land, how she's finding and creating joy in unpredictable times, how she went from blogging to podcasting. And she's going to give you some advice on whether you should start a blog or a podcast if you've been thinking of either one or both. She's going to share how moms can find happiness and satisfaction in spite of the media telling us that motherhood is hard and overwhelming and frustrating. She's going to talk about why she's actively opting out and rejecting the current COVID climate around homeschooling. I loved this part of the conversation. And she'll share the value of embracing constant reinvention. This is a fun conversation. I know you're going to learn something. I know you're going to laugh a little. So I'm very excited to welcome Megan Francis to the Shameless Mom Academy. Megan Francis, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. So we are both, I didn't even tell you this in our pre-recording, but our pre-interview, but I know you because we are often, and over the course of the handful of years now, have been similarly like placed and ranked in categories and positions and things Yes. in iTunes. And so forever, I just saw this show, The Mom Hour, and was like, oh, well, <laughs> she must, or they must be cool because I know you have a co-host, yeah. but like they must be cool because we're always like next to each other. <laughs> I think that's how you got on my radar as well. And we're always within like a a place or two. Yes, I love it. And like sometimes we swap, but we're always like right neck and neck. So I wonder if we have a lot of people who listen to both or maybe there's just like the same number of people who like us and now they can all swap. I know. And we'll both be like, we'll both jump up, right? (laughs) The charts. Right. Another one who I've just recently met. Do you know who Rachel Nielsen is? She has the 3 and 30 podcast for moms. I don't think I know her. So she's also always right around the same place. And it's funny, like I just get in my own bubble and I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, four years later, I'm like, oh, maybe I should connect with these people that are doing the same thing as me. Like, (laughs) I know. What a creative idea. Well, and we always like to say at the Mom Hour, like we always like to say we're one of the only ones like up in that area that's not put out by either like a post-reality show star. Yes. Or like a big network or a big publisher. So we occupy kind of an interesting space, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really fun over time getting to know each other. And I love getting to know other podcasters who have shows that are have things in common with mine because I want moms to listen to all the podcasts. Like I don't want to just be like only listen to mine. <laughs> right. No, same way. So, so much joy to spread among all of our shows. Absolutely there is. Yes. I love it. So we need to tell people that we are recording this in the middle of COVID-19. We're recording on March 19th. So our family is day four of homeschooling, which feels like day 48 of homeschooling. Yeah. And are you guys in about the same position? Yeah. So our, our schools, well, I think it's funny that we just said, you said we're in the middle of it. I have a feeling we're actually like at the beginning of it. <laughs> Right. I take that back. We feel like we're in the middle of it, right? But like probably when this publishes, we'll be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. How cute that we thought that was the middle. Yes. How silly we were. This week was when school was canceled for us, or I should say the school buildings were closed. We are still getting and learning materials from the school and the kids are doing their best to keep up. But yeah, it's a very different environment. So I'm four days in as well. So things are hairy around here. <laughs> yes. And how old are your kids? 
Um, so my youngest is 11. She just turned 11. Actually, it's so funny. I, I think of her birthday as the day things started to kind of fall apart because oh her birthday was last Friday, the last day of school that I imagine she'll probably have this year. I don't really see them going back, but I guess in the, the future machine will, you know, tell us. And so she turned 11 that day and it was like, that's when they found out school was going to be canceled starting Monday. And that's when like everything closed and we couldn't go anywhere. So it was just kind of an interesting birthday. So she's 11. And then I have a 14 year old, 16 year old, 20 and 22 year old. And the four older ones are all boys. Oh my goodness. You have a lot there. And so this is super interesting because I have a seven-year-old. So social distancing for a seven-year-old, like I have a lot of control. Right. But with this age range, 11 to 22, not so much control. Right. I know. And it's been kind of tough. So like the 20-year-old lives about an hour and a half away and he just works in an office like with like one other guy. And so he's been gone all week and then I'm divorced, but we I keep in good contact with their dad. And he said yesterday, he's like, oh, Isaac isn't even working right now because his boss shut down the warehouse. And I was like, what? And then I was like, why isn't he home? Like, get him home. He doesn't need to be out whatever young people are doing right now, gallivanting. I mean, it's we're still kind of in this place where no one quite knows what to do. And I don't think the younger generations have really gotten it yet. Yeah. My, my 16-year-old has been the only one who's really pushed for socializing. And he's dropped it really fast. That's the way I do. I just say no one's doing that right now. So, and then my brother and his family live in town and very close to us. And we kind of decided that we were just going to be each other's like social distancing, you know, pals. They all, they both, one's a teacher. My brother works from home. I work from home. And so we just socialize together. And so the kids have cousins to hang out with. So they're really lucky. Like that's really made this last few days, this last week, really much more tolerable, but I don't know how long that can go on either. Like, I don't know how things are going to change or what it's going to look like in a month or two. So it's, it's been very interesting. It's super, and it's changing so quickly. I feel like what we thought was like, what can happen in the course of 24 hours is just like mind boggling. I know it really is. The question I always open with is tell us about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. But I think excitement is a maybe a weird word. That's a weird word. So I think we should talk about how are you creating joy right now? So what's going on personal professional life beyond your bio? And then how are you creating joy? Well, an excitement might not be quite the right word because there's so much uncertainty that it's hard to get excited about anything, right? What would I even get excited about? But I will say I do feel a little buzz of opportunity from all this, which I hope is okay, like optimism, because first of all, this is unprecedented. Like the opportunity to spend this much one-on-one time with your kids where you don't even have, like, not only do you not have any reasons to leave or excuses to leave, like you can't, like there's no place to go (laughs) and you're not supposed to go anywhere. So we've really just kind of doubled down on things like going for hikes as a family, things that I just don't often make time to do, even though I say I want to. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that in my personal life. I think that the feeling of not having time, as you and I were joking, like time has no meaning anymore. There are no days, like days are canceled. Um, What could that feel like if I just went with the flow and we weren't all worried about running around to a million places all the time, myself included, I'm probably the worst. So that's something I feel a little buzz of opportunity around. And then also just this 
opportunity to reach out to other moms. I know that's something for me, like I have a lot going on and I have this mom podcast and this mom community. And sometimes it's like, oh, I got to get to that thing. But it doesn't always feel like the gift that it is to have those th- that community around you, you know, right. when it feels like an obligation. And I feel like now is the time we all need each other. Yeah. And we're wrapped. Like we have nothing. All we have is social media and podcasts. And right. So that is our way of connecting. And it kind of takes me back to when I was thinking about sitting as a younger mom with a nursing baby and a toddler and I didn't go anywhere ever. Like I was always at home trying to connect with people online. That was my life. And now I'm like, oh, I'm just back there. It's basically just 15 <laughs> yes. years ago again. So, oh my gosh, I'm, I can do this. I've had so much practice. Yes. I actually, <laughs> last night was doing a Facebook live and was comparing. So I call the first year of my son's life, newborn land. Yeah. And I was like, this is totally like, a parallel to being in newborn land like yes the sense of isolation of not knowing of it being like un I thought it would be different than this like right. all of these things it's so similar and in such shocking ways but it's also comforting in some ways because we're all there first of all yeah and because I know what I did wrong but I know what I how I didn't serve myself during that time when I was there seven years ago and now I know better and so now I'm like oh I'm not gonna just like sit here and self-isolate right I'm going to reach out and connect with other women and so show up in my community and you know find things to laugh about every day and make appointments to make zoom calls or get on Facebook live or yeah what have you and so yeah it's such an interesting time though yeah because time is so different I think that the opportunities to spend time with each other are vast and the opportunities to connect in creative ways are too and I think having a mom community and having a mom podcast um, oh my gosh it's just such a gift right now and yeah it really is being able to create space and hold space that's positive is also a really great gift and opportunity as well yeah, I'm, I do agree. Like, I think that newborn land is the perfect way to put it. Like that feeling of these four walls, everything in my life exists within these four walls right now. And that's so much to where I'm getting back to. Even the people I, I, I mentioned, my brother and my sister-in-law the other day, like there were years when they were my only social outlets. Like yeah. <laughs> there was, you know, it's just funny to think now, like, because my kids are older, I've branched out in so many great ways, but I got like, I got used to it. I got used to the fact that I could pop in and have a happy hour someplace with all kinds of people who I, 10 years ago, I wouldn't even have had the opportunity to meet because I wasn't in that mindset. So now it's like, I have to go back in time a little bit. I think it's overall a good thing. And I'm very curious how our habits, like when this airs, mm-hmm. will be two months in or two months into whatever the new normal is. I'm very curious how our habits will have changed. Yes culturally, what will be the new way that we relate to each other, our families? How will be the new way that we think about school or work? I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. I even think a year from now, I think there's going to be like a whole generational shift around like connection, family time, time prioritization of time, boundaries around work and the connection between and the crossover between personal and professional because we're all having to do that. Yeah. So I think there's going to be boundaries around time that's designated for work and also more flexibility around how we can use our work time and have family kind of automatically be integrated into that. And I think that some of that is going to carry over. And I think for our kids' generation, it will just be like, there's going to be this shift where we, I don't think we go back. I think we, yeah, because we're going to be in it for long enough that I don't think we can go back. 
Well, and we've shown now that there's really no good reason why some of these changes can't be happening right. at the corporate level. I have to laugh. I was on LinkedIn the other day and I live in a town with a large corporation that employs a lot of people. And one of my LinkedIn connections is high up at this corporation. And he posted this like little like tips for working from home. It just made me laugh because I'm like, dude, you, you have no idea. <laughs> like, Let me give the tips, right? right? I've been doing this for a long time. But one of the tips was something about using video conferencing because it's nice to see people. And I waited and I just said, it is nice to see people, but it's also nice to give them the option not to be seen sometimes because that's the reality of working from home, right? Like a kid might walk in or right. like want to be camera ready or you might, might not want to be thinking that way. And it's just so funny that for me, something so reflexive, like, no, 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 don't turn the camera on because sometimes there's things in your real life that you don't want brought into the workplace. Mm-hmm. I know that instinctively because I've been doing it for so long. And someone who shows up in an office every single day and he's used to running teams that way might not even think that way. Yeah. Like in a year, I wonder how much even little things like that culturally will have shifted. Totally. Like the social scientist in me is just like, you know, I, I know this is like a really hard time and a scary time, but it's also like, wow, just really fascinating. So I think it will also be interesting but the difference between how things change professionally for men and women. And I know my husband last night was talking about, he said he had a call with his boss today and he's like, well, I have this call with my boss and we're going to be talking about these things. And he works for a big media company. And he said, you know, I'm going to let my boss know that we have a child at home. So like just to kind of warn him and stuff, but I'm not really sure like what the rules are around like, you know, kids being in the background for calls. I mean, your boss doesn't really get to like pick, like our kid is here. (laughs) And the, the daycare is closed and so is school. So what's the option here? And so, I mean, if your boss's expectation is that your wife is just managing all of this, then a bigger conversation needs to take place with your boss. <laughs> right. He was like, okay, okay. And I was like, this isn't like for two days. This is like for months. This is going to be this way. Right. So I'm assuming that your boss is going to be like open to equity among families and marriages as we right. unfold and, you know, roll out like new ways of doing things. And he was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Like, I was like, do not even start this conversation with me. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you wanna worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four 
homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Well, and it's good that you put it back on him to be the one to lead that chart, like because it's not, it shouldn't be up to us, right? <laughs> you know, the women and the wives and the mothers, like right. we've figured out ways workarounds for a long enough time, but like now everyone's going to have to step up. And I was just laughing, thinking about my career started as a, a writer, a freelance writer, and I remember when I used to make calls and feel like I remember the crazy gymnastics I would go through, like having the kids in the car with the air conditioning running, and I'm making a call from the hood of my car, or like <laughs> totally, they're all running around, and I'm in the closet. You know, I didn't put them in the closet that I did stop it, but all these crazy gymnastics. And then half the time I would call someone, would, this would be like interviewing a doctor or something. Right. And there'd be somebody calling from their convertible or like inside a noisy airport. And I would just accept that I was the one with the distraction or the problem. And it, like they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. And finally, one day I was like, wait a second. Like people call me from really noisy environments all the time. Why am I hiding? Like, why am I covering up and feeling all this pressure to make it like this isn't my reality? And I think you're right. Like people are going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So you've been helping moms for 15 year career, helping moms find more satisfaction in their lives. So tell us about the evolution of that career, because we are definitely in unprecedented times, but if you've been doing this for 15 years, you've also been through a few other things, right? That are like, maybe not the (laughs) same, but maybe have some parallels and some similarities to the unpredictability of what we're going through now. Yeah. So I actually started, my career was start, was a freelance writer. And, you know, I guess I said 15 years because I actually started writing about 16 plus ago. I'm I'm sure for the first year and a half, like nothing I published helped anybody at all. So <laughs> <laughs> it was just a warm up. Yeah, just a warm up. But I was writing about parenting right from the get go and I was in my mid 20s. So it was just an interesting time to be really, I wasn't giving my own advice so much as I was interviewing a lot of experts. And, and I wrote about everything from, you know, potty training to how to get poop stains out of diapers. I think that actually might've been getting poop stains out of, sorry, onesies and clothes might've been my very first assignment for a parenting. Magazine. Love it. So that was like the trajectory. And then along the way, you know, magazines started to take kind of a back seat. And 
everything was moving online and I had been online since my youngest was a baby or my oldest was a baby. Actually, you know, I've been online since college, but I was heavily online as soon as I started having kids. That's where I felt like the real conversations were happening. And I started blogging and then decided to really take that seriously. And I remember, and this would have been in 2009, um, after my daughter was born, my youngest. And I thought, gosh, you know, we've swung so far in the other direction. Like for so long, all the advice for moms was so chipper and like, it was so prescriptive and do this and do this and be happy and keep your smile on. And then it swung, like the pendulum swung and all the moms got blogs. And so everyone's like, well, no, actually, this is how it is. And it's some point I thought, oof, like, can we now just take that narrative, right? Like they're really getting real and just shape it a little bit. Can we elevate it? Is there a way for us to talk about, yeah, this is what's really, really hard, but we have some options for making it better or we can all help each other make it a little bit better. And so I actually started a blog about how to be a happier mom. That was basically, it was called the happiest mom. And it was just about finding more satisfaction in your life as a mom. And that really got me, I think that's where I really found my voice. I think that was where I really said, I've been on this road for a while. I've been going down this path as a mom. By this time I had five kids. Like if you haven't figured out some workarounds by the time you have five kids, like, oh my gosh, I don't know. You're just not paying attention. Right. And I think what I, the role I kind of took on was like the older sister, who's like a couple steps down the road and is saying, Hey, look, I know this sucks. Like what you're in right now, there's so much that's hard about it. Here's a couple little things that you could try and just see if they work. And maybe this is going to shift, you know, just shift your mindset a little bit. And so that, that continued. And then in 2015, my podcast co-host and business partner, Sarah Powers and I, and we were working together on my blog at the time. I had already been dabbling in podcasting, but not really taking it very seriously. I think I knew something like this podcast thing is going to be a thing at some point, but just hadn't quite figured it out. And in 2015, in fact, today is the day that we're recording. This is our five-year anniversary. It was the day our show launched. Oh my gosh. Happy anniversary. And mine, so we are, I'm March 15th, 2016. Oh my gosh. So we're like within a few days, a year apart. Yeah. How fun. So fun. Yeah. So we started the podcast and the mom hour. And at first we're like every other week. And then we quickly said, no, this is, I mean, we want to do this every week. We wouldn't take this really seriously. Yeah. And that was kind of, I mean, then I, I said, I love blogging. I love writing. I'm, I'm a writer at heart, but we shut the blog down because we couldn't do both. And we just felt like this was the medium that needed like to hear it yeah. or you can be really, really real as a podcaster and you can share things in a way that you don't feel like you have to polish them up quite as much as if you're, you know, writing an article. Yes. That's exactly why I did the podcast over a blog. <laughs> yeah. And it really, it just worked. I think moms were ready for this kind of stuff that we're doing and we were ready for them. So that's where it's gone. So it's like from writer to blogger to podcaster. And it's been great. It's like, I feel like I just keep saying the same thing over and over again, but that's okay. People need to hear it. (laughs) This episode is supported by cosmetology. So I've talked about cosmetology a few times recently, and I know some of you have been using it, which I love. So cosmetology was created by Dr. Janice Covey, who is a compounding pharmacist. And she created this product when she was in this product line, when she was really frustrated because her youngest daughter had diagnosed eczema at three months old, and she could not find effective, affordable, organic products that would support her daughter's skin. And she also knew, recognized that many of the 
products contained alcohol, which was an irritant to already sensitive skin. So she got to work. She put her professional skills to work to support her, her daughter's needs and help her daughter. And you've heard me talk about it before. Vinny had really awful skin when he was little. He still gets outbreaks of eczema and itchy patches, especially in the winter. And let me tell you the battles that we've had over trying to get lotion on this kid. And so we are loving, loving, loving the lotion bar, which I know some of you have started using and had great results with. So the lotion bar from Cosmetology is a solid moisturizer that contains effective organic moisturizing ingredients like shea butter and olive oil. It doesn't contain water, so it eliminates the need for alcohol and potentially hazardous preservatives and chemicals. So the lotion bar, it looks like a stick of deodorant. It goes on smooth. It's not slippery or sticky or slimy like lotion, which is totally totally like turns my kid off to lotion. So he loves this bar because it's not sticky and like the same texture as lotion. It's just wipes on super easy. It's not bothersome. Also, it's a solid so you can travel with it. It's TSA approved, super easy. And they also have soap. So they have five essential infused scents of hand soap that we've been using a ton. And we've just been loving our cosmetology products. So I want you to go check out cosmetology. They're also offering 15% off your first order. So you're going to go to cosmetology.com and use the code shameless at checkout. Now listen to the spelling on this. It's cosmetology, K-O-S-M-A. T-O-L-O-G-Y, cosmetology.com, code shameless for 15% off your first order. My previous career was in the fitness industry. I owned a gym. So I was in the fitness industry for 15 years, sold my gym two years ago. And as a gym owner, I have the same conversations 1 million times a day. Like, yeah. do people, are they not sick of this yet? Are they, have they not heard me? It turns out they haven't heard me and they weren't sick of me. Yeah. So moving into this, I was like, note to self, like you're going to say the same thing a whole lot of ways over and over. For indefinitely. So that I was prepared for. But I think it's super interesting. The beauty and the intimacy of podcasting was not anything I expected. I thought, to your point, around it being there was, I think, a little more room for it being less polished, a little more raw, a little more authentic, which is what I kind of had time for the time that I started my show versus blogging, which I had done in the past. And I knew I was pretty perfectionistic about blogging. Me too. Which was really time consuming. And, but what I didn't expect, so I kind of was like, well, podcasting is like the easier way for me to get this information out there and the easier way for me to have massive impact. And what I didn't expect was the intimacy of it and how closely connected you can get to your audience. And that has been such an overwhelming gift. And I'm assuming that you and Sarah have experienced that as well. Yeah, I think that we had no idea. When we went in, we're like, well, this is going to be weird. We're so used to blogging, which is so instant and people can comment and people can like your stuff on Facebook or whatever. How is it going to be when we podcast? It's like, we'll just be throwing it out there and we'll have no idea if anyone's listening. And we have been blown away by how many people will email us. Long emails. If we say, send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. People always do. And I thought, who emails anymore? (laughs) I mean, I love getting and sending emails, but I'm not used to getting them from the readers weren't emailing me when I was blogging. Right. And it's just, I think they feel like they know us. We hear all the time that it feels like sitting on a park bench overhearing like some mom friends talking. And I love that. And I just think that there is something about the voice, something about ears and listening. Like we just, we emotionally relate to it differently than when we're reading something that's text and we can't really get a sense for who the person is. And like you said, I'm very, I'm a writer, so I'm perfectionistic about my writing and it takes me many drafts to get through something. And there's no drafts in a podcast. Like it's 
right. it's just me. So right. it's been really incredible. Yeah. Um, and anybody who's like, you know, maybe when this uh, airs, if people are still at home kind of waiting for the next, <laughs> the, whatever the next part of life is that's going to start a podcast, I think this is the time. Yeah. So that was my next question for you. Talk a little bit about, because I have listeners who are bloggers, I have listeners who are podcasters, and then I have listeners who aspire to be either or both of those things. Right. Do you think that blogging is still a thing and a worthwhile place to invest one's energy? Do you think people should be moving strictly to podcasting? Is there still room for both? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think there's always room for anything if the reasons you're doing it are the right reasons. I have to say it got frustrating for me as a blogger starting around 2013, 2014, when all of a sudden it became very much about, became all about the clicks and the eyeballs and Pinterest and winning at like those platforms. And it kind of took some of the heart out of it for me. I know that there were some women I knew who built very strong businesses during that time because they were really visual people and they could, Mm -hmm. you know, they were great. Instagram stars. They were great at styling a room. They were great at, you know, putting together a really professional video or something. And that just wasn't really me. I mean, I can do all that stuff if I have to, but it's not where my heart was. So for me, like right now, if I were to start a brand new blog, I think I would do it in conjunction with some bigger brand that isn't going to rely on like tons and tons and tons of eyeballs because you might not get them. It's a crowded landscape. Mm -hmm. But I think that like having a blog associated with the podcast is really smart. I think anytime there's a brand that is multi-platform or where you're reaching people through various different media, that's really smart. So can I say both? Like it's time to do both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love it. I totally agree. And whatever the thing is you want to consume, I think too, is a place to be. Like if you love reading blogs, then writing a blog makes a lot of sense. But if you don't read them, probably you're not going to understand the culture of it and the language that well. It just makes the barrier to entry that much higher. Yeah, that's such a valid point. I don't spend a lot of time reading blogs anymore. And so in my mind, I'm like, who does, you know, because we all think that like, we're all the same people, right? Like, I assume that no one my husband and I watch were like avid survivor fans. But I'm like, I don't know anyone else in the world who still watches Survivor. So I just assume that we're the only two people and that Jeff Prost is basically making the show for us because (laughs) no one talks about watching Survivor anymore. (laughs) That is so funny because Sarah made the exact same comment on our podcast like a week ago. She's like, well, my husband and I are the only ones left who watch Survivor. And I said, I very much doubt that's the case because if that were true, it wouldn't still be on like in its 25th season or something. I mean. Oh, no, 40th season, right? 40th? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. But it's so funny. So when you're in something, you're like, this is amazing. But if you're out of it, you're like, that's like, you just don't know that it's still a thing. So oh, right. I totally agree. And I also agree with being able to be a part of the culture as a consumer and as a contributor. Yeah. And that was how I got into podcasting is I started out as a consumer and was paying attention. And this might be funny to you is I was listening to men, single men in their like late 20s, early 30s, who had built a lot of success and very lucrative businesses around podcasts. And as I listened to them, I was like, these guys are generally speaking, not that creative and not that talented and not that smart. So if they can make a million dollars doing this, I think I can too. (laughs) Yep. But the problem with that, and I totally have been there, like one of my favorite like mantras I tell myself is people much dumber than me do this all the time. Yes. But (laughs) the thing is, I think sometimes when it's like, and I know exactly what you're talking about, there's a certain like relentless, like striving for success around the money making part or the like audience size part, the fame part that like, I don't think I possess. 
I think for me, I want what I'm doing to have so much heart that I think it would be hard for me to do to, to pull some of the levers you have to pull yeah. to fake it or to like jump ahead of the crowd. So right. I tend to be like, I'm going to make this rest on my own merits. And if it takes off, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think there's probably some balance there, like right. probably a good middle ground to hit. But right. if you've got something to say that you think is so different from what somebody else has to say, and it's going to resonate with somebody and like just hit the mark, then why not? Whatever the medium is, do it. Yeah, absolutely. And it might morph into something totally different that you didn't even see coming. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the morphine, like be prepared for the morphine. And this is a great time for morphine right. <laughs> to be creative. And, you know, I keep saying that this is a time for people, entrepreneurs and creative people are in such a unique position right now to see opportunity in unprecedented times. Yes. And there's going to be really cool things that come out of this time because of the people who will be able to see those opportunities and will jump when they see them. Yes. And we saw this in 2009. Like I completely flipped my fitness business upside down in 2009. That did not come with, I mean, it was a lot of tears and panic for sure. Yeah. But then I ended up flipping the model into something that became a multiple six figure business. Like it went from a business that was barely surviving into something I never dreamed I could have built. And so I think that we have to give ourselves a little bit of space and grace and then assume that we can be creative and nimble and clever with things and like look for those opportunities and that doesn't mean that we're being opportunistic I think for me and for you it sounds like too it means that we're looking for creative ways to serve I totally agree and that's what feels good yeah. is the service part versus like what you're saying around like you know maybe these guys who are just hustling for money and doing it all through ego right and so looking for creative ways to serve that feels really good and that feels purposeful. And I think right now there's a lot of opportunity to do that. And we see well, my, one of my clients last night was like, I'm going to start offering these Zumba classes. She's like, I haven't taught Zumba in years, but I'm going to start offering virtual Zumba classes just for fun right now. And she's like, I've never been so excited about anything in my life. And I was like, yes, like this is what we need to be doing right now. And that's a really good point you make. Like you can go after opportunity without being opportunistic in the negative sense of the word. And if you don't do it, if you don't fill that need a either somebody else will or b it'll go unfilled yes so there's no like there's no honor or in right stepping back and saying i'm not going to change anything right now because the world is shaking like the world's shaking up everyone is changing their habits right now and we have an opportunity to be like a positive part of whatever the new habits are going to be yeah that we did an episode about habits a few months ago and I had so we both Sarah and I had done a bunch of reading about like habit forming and how difficult it really is to change human behavior and one of the things that came up again and again is that when everything is disrupted it's so much easier for like you go on vacation that's the time to like start doing something novel because right now everything is novel like everything's blown up mm -hmm. so the opportunity is there and I think it's a really positive absolutely this episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but 
we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Um, let's talk a little bit about motherhood and some of the ins and the outs, the highs and the lows. <laughs> so the media is telling us that motherhood is hard and frustrating. Yeah. And we're in a place that motherhood is a little hard and frustrating right now. <laughs> like it's right. a lot to juggle because now we're also all homeschool moms, not so much in a voluntary way. And so why do you believe that moms can carve out a happy, satisfying life in spite of the media telling us that this is hard and frustrating and exhausting and overwhelming? Well, I think we can because I think so many of us are are doing it. And I think the homeschooling thing, I think, is a fantastic example because we actually were just talking about this, my co-host and I, about this whole this whole weird performative, competitive thing that's already happening. And we're only four days in as of this recording with all the Instagram and all the charts and the color coded this and that. And Sarah's kids are a little younger than mine. And so she's kind of like, hey, guys, let's not be competitive about homeschooling. And I took it another step and said, why are we calling this homeschooling? Like literally nobody asked me to homeschool my kids. What they asked me to do was to relay information coming from the schools to my children and facilitate it being done. But the teachers are still, they're not asking me to do all the work. Like no one put that on me. Why am I putting it on myself? And I think sometimes as moms, and that's not to knock anybody who's like kind of gets a little rush out of the chance to kind of live out a little homeschool fantasy because I have been there, right? Like, oh, you mean I get to kind of be in control and I can kind of go off like the beaten path and do other things and, and supplement. 
but really no one's telling us we have to do that right now. And I think moms have a habit of taking things on as our own that no one gave us. Like we're the ones who decided the holidays have to be perfect. We're the ones who decided we have to do this vacation every year, the same way, every time. Like we're the ones who decided that dinner has to look a certain way. And we're all helping each other make that decision by continually saying that's how it has to be. But we don't have, like nobody is making us do any of these things. So I think for me, it's like, I just decided like the words homeschooling are not going to leave my lips because until, you know, the social fabric completely falls apart and then that's all there is left, I guess. And hopefully that won't happen. I don't need to take that on as my reality. And I don't need, there's so many things. And that goes back to the earliest days of, you know, holding my newborn. There are just certain things I could opt out of from day one that I just didn't even have to worry about when my job was to keep them alive, warm, fed, right? And sheltered and keep their and dry. Those were my imperatives. But even at that stage, we're all taking on more than we have to. And that's my little rant. I think if I had to say like what the one thing is that gets in the way of that, it's why do things become performative and competitive? It's because we're doing jobs no one, we don't need to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this answer. And I love you flipping this current trend. I don't know if trend's the right word, this current concept and the climate around homeschooling. I love you flipping it upside down and just actively like opting out and rejecting it. I think that's amazing. (laughs) And you just gave everyone else listening permission to do the same thing. Right. And I think that it's funny. Someone added me to this Facebook group for Seattle public school parents, which we're actually not little Catholic school down the street, but I got added to this group and I was like, why am I in this group? Like, I don't need to know the, the daily Seattle public school updates because it doesn't pertain to my child. But I was like, well, I'll just stay in here and just to kind of see what's going on. Oh my gosh. The <laughs> amount like the level of resources, it's out of control. It's just constant links being shared of, oh, you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. And I'm like, who has time to sit here and like read these blog posts and watch these videos and download activities and like all of the things it's over the top. And when I started to see that, I was like, and I'm done. Like I, yeah, I'm going to do what my, the teacher sends us. Maybe like if we do 50% of that, we're winning. And I don't think they're expecting us to do it all. You know, they still have jobs right now. Their jobs are to teach. And I, in some ways I almost feel bad for this narrative that now it's all up to us as the moms, we have to take over. I'm like, what about the teachers who are working really hard right now Mm -hmm. to try to interact with your kids and put curriculum together? Like they're still very needed. This isn't now suddenly we're just like taking over and doing it all ourselves. And moms, you know, many of us have jobs just because the kids aren't in school doesn't mean we can just stop everything else. Like we still have stuff that we have to do. Mm -hmm. So it just creates this very unrealistic dynamic that I don't think serves anyone. And I don't want that to be the relationship I have with my kids either. And really what it comes down to is anytime I've had a decision I'm trying to make, and I'm either making it because of what other people might think it's the wrong, I'm making the wrong decision. Like that's almost a hundred percent of the time. If I'm not doing it with my ultimate goal being my relationship with my kids in mind, then it's also probably the wrong decision. And those two guidelines have probably been the things that have made the most impact on me as a mom since, I don't know, I stumbled across them in some moment of bleary eyed, you know, like desperation. But I do think when things start to get all hopped up like that, we lose sight of what do we need right now to have a happy home life with our families. That's what this is. We're not creating schools inside of our homes. And if you talk to a homeschooling mom who'd been doing this all along, she'd tell you the same thing. Like she would say, that's not the environment you want to have most likely. 
Right. Right. So anyway, I feel like I'm on like a, a big soapbox right now about all this stuff. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you're just like listening and like not quietly unplugging. <laughs> no, I think this is so fascinating and helpful. And I think this is what we need to hear. I think we need permission to do things in a way that feels good for us and feels good for our families and allows us to preserve our relationships in a really positive way. I think that that's what I want to have come out of this. Like we spent an hour and a half doing puzzles the other day and I was like, this is, I'm winning. Like I'm winning yes. this whole situation if we can sit and do puzzles for an hour and a half. Yep, yep. And you didn't check it off any checklists and you probably didn't give your kids an A for it. Exactly. This episode is supported by StoryWorth. I'm so excited about this. So StoryWorth was actually a sponsor a couple years ago, I think, and they're back just in time for Mother's Day, which is such perfect timing. So StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your mom to share her stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you would have never thought to ask. And at the end of the year, your mom will get her stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. So how this works is you get StoryWorth for someone. So I could gift it to my mom for Mother's Day. Every week, she would get an email prompt asking her to share a story about something specific. And then she would send the story back in via email, just write an email response. And at the end of the year, StoryWorth compiles this into a memory book. And this is such a beautiful way to pass stories and life lessons onto your children and to their future families. You can invite friends and family to receive loved ones' stories. This is such an amazing, amazing keepsake. And at the end of the year, your loved ones' stories and uploaded pictures are bound into a beautiful keepsake book with free shipping. So I'm going to give this to my mom for Mother's Day. Shh, don't tell. But this is so perfect because she's home right now. She's really bummed that she can't be out and about. She lives by herself. It's kind of a lonely time for her. And I know this will be really special for her to have something weekly where she can do a little bit of writing via email. She'll have someone give her the writing prompt so she doesn't have to think of things on her own. I think it'll be a really fun jog down memory lane for her. Also give her a sense of purpose during this time and create an ultimately create a really beautiful gift that all of our family can truly enjoy and might want to do it myself too. I think it would actually be really fun to do this for Vinny. And so just getting started now could be really awesome. So if you want this keepsake for someone in your family, if you know there's someone in your family who has just stories that you've never had the opportunity or the time to pull out of them, this is your chance. This is such a great idea for a Mother's Day gift or to send to other loved ones who maybe just have a little extra time right now in quarantine and want to be focused on sharing thing, memories that make them happy and bring them joy. So all you need to do to get started is go to storyworth.com slash shameless. That way you can give your mom the most meaningful gift this year, get started right away. And without any need for shipping, you just get started right away by getting signed up on their site and then getting the prompts sent to your email. So you're going to go to storyworth.com slash shameless to get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash shameless for $10 off. So you refer to yourself as the mother of reinvention. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, if I had to have like a little, I don't know, brand around my personal brand, it would be that. And I think that's because I had kids really young and I've had kids for a really long time now. And I will have kids in my house for the next, you know, eight years or more. And so I have had to reinvent myself many times along the way. My career has changed. The ages of my kids have changed. Their relationships to each other have changed because when sibling groups, you know, it's always been funny for me to watch my boys who are group of two, then about three and a half years, then a group of two, then three and a half years, and then one. 
to watch even those relationships morph as one kid moves into middle school, but the other is like in elementary now. Maybe the middle school kid identifies more with the high school kid. That's been fascinating to watch. Yeah. My profession has evolved over the years. I got divorced a few years ago, so now I've kind of reinvented my life as a newly divorced mom. And so everything is in flux all the time. And I think when I remind myself of that, it helps me remind other moms, that's just a reality of your life. Like things are always going to change. And if we get too stuck in like the muscle memory around how things used to be, we miss out on opportunities. One example of that, I was just um, talking on the mom hour, an episode of the mom hour about this idea that we get to in a phase where something is a hassle. Like maybe you're in the phase right now where it's a real hassle to cook dinner around your kids. So you almost like reflexively start finding ways to not have your kids around you when you cook dinner or you just like, you know, you lean into how annoying it's going to be or something. Right. And then three years go by and you forget that you're not in that spot anymore. Like you still almost get that little stress response. Like, Oh, my kid just walked in the kitchen and I got to start dinner. And (laughs) then you go, Oh wait, like this kid is old now. They can sit and talk to me or they can be actually helpful. And you move into that phase and you have to remind yourself to let the old phase go. That's a kind of reinvention that we're all doing all the time. And sometimes I think it, it can be hard. Like, It's not always easy to know when it's time to move on to the next thing or even see it in front of you. Right. I remember when my son was teeny tiny and one of my good friends had children about three years before me. So she had, you know, she had like a three-year-old and six-year-old at the time. But I remember telling her, like, I'm just waiting for things to like calm down for the new normal to start, like to kind of find our routine. Yeah. Because in my mind, I was like, as soon as I figure this out, by the time he's like two weeks old, then I'm good for like the next 18 years, right? And she's like, no, 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 no. Like you're going to figure this out and then it's going to all change again. Yeah. And the most consistency you'll have is maybe three month increments, but probably less. So like by the time you get used to anything, it flips again. And I remember as a control freak, perfectionistic kind of person, like panicking and being very angry when she gave me this feedback. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, Oh, thank God she told me because it is absolutely a constant reinvention. And there's so many gifts in that. And when things are really hard and awful, it's temporary. Like, you know that you're going to keep going. Yeah, you know that too will end. Right. Well, I was going to say it's like a muscle you flex, right? Like you. Yeah. You get good at the reinvention muscle. You get good at the going with the flow muscle. And if you always resist, like you don't give that muscle, like if you're always just reacting and kind of dragging your feet about the way things are when you want them to be a different way, you're missing. It's an opportunity missed to flex muscle. Yes. And I think if you know that it's always that it's going to be that way and it's going to be that way for a long time and that's just how life is and it's definitely like that in motherhood that you can really embrace like, oh, I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly evolving. I am someone who's resourceful and resilient and I always figure things out and I'm always in a phase of growth. And there's so many things you can do with your mindset around that instead of constantly being like bowled over by, oh my gosh, here we go again. We have to change it up and we have to figure it out. And that's, it's always so hard. It's always a surprise. Like how did this happen? (laughs) Right. How did it happen again? It's like when people get irritated because their kids have to eat again. And I know we've all been there, right? Like, oh my gosh, didn't I just like feed you? You're eating, you want to eat again? Yes. Why does dinner have to happen every day? Right. Exactly. So maddening. Okay. So you argue that all moms can reinvent themselves and their families' lives. So why should we be looking to reinvent our lives, our families' lives? And why should we, you know, just actively look for and embrace um, reinvention? Well, I think that is, I mean, right now it's happening anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And like, that's the thing. If you don't look for it, it's just going to happen right. for you. It's going to happen anyway. I think it goes back to the, like the proactive versus reactive thing. Like mm. if we could look around and say, what's working right now, what's not, what could change? How could we reinvent the way we do family dinner, the way reinvent the way we do vacation or whatever the thing is that we need to reinvent right now? Who knows if anyone's even going to go on vacation in the near future, but ever again, <laughs> but what does that look like when we can't go to the park and play with friends because we're not doing that right now. What does life at home look like? What are the possibilities there? And I just think when we have that kind of reinvention mindset, Mm -hmm. it just makes us open to possibilities that we might otherwise not be. And so it's just getting in front of it instead of reacting to it and then being kind of mad that it happened, you know, (laughs) that's like the short during a time when like everything is so unclear and so kind of up in the air. And so like we can flex the muscle to not react, but to be proactive. Absolutely. What's your next reinvention? Oh my gosh. It's hard to say, right? (laughs) I mean, the thing is, is your answer two weeks ago might be different than today. And by the time this goes live, it might be different again. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I think that honestly, my next reinvention is looking at the really embracing my life as a mom of older kids. For a long time, Mm. I've kind of been straddling several different worlds. And this year, my daughter, you know, next in the fall, will be in some shape or form a middle schooler. And so it's like, wow, I am no longer an elementary school mom. And I have to tell you, the last day before school ended was her birthday. I was so glad she got to go to school on her birthday because it was a big deal to me that I had my last day with a kid as a, you know, as an elementary school on her birthday. Like it just, I don't know why it just mattered to me that I got to experience that. But especially because that I've done it 30 times now having at that age celebrate their birthdays on a school day. But I guess the bigger point is that my life now is all about setting for what that's going to look like going beyond that. Um, I'm in my 40s now. What are my 40s all about? Are they just really about kind of putting the bow on this phase of my life and maybe figuring out like, what are my 50s and beyond going to look like? I kind of feel like that's where I'm where I am right now. You know, COVID-19, not with just notwithstanding. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> the coronavirus version of Megan's future turns out to be, but it'll be interesting to come back and, and like maybe have this discussion after, <laughs> you know. Right. Yes. Yeah, so we'll have to do a follow up interview and see how is the reinvention actually gone. Yeah. Well, and I think that to your point, I find myself, so we had this like massive snowstorm in Seattle last year. We don't get that much snow and things were closed down for like 10 days or something, which is funny because it felt like forever at the time. And now I'm like, oh, 10 days, that's cute. Like it's nothing compared to now. But I remember sitting with my husband doing puzzles and we've never really done puzzles before, but we had gotten this puzzle like last minute purchase when he ran out to grab a few things at the store before the snowstorm. I was like, oh, grab a thousand piece puzzle. Let's just see if we can do it. And I loved it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to retire so we can just do puzzles all the time. So we're doing a lot of puzzles right now at our house. And I'm still in this place of like, this is my future. Like I will be a puzzler. And when does this start? Like I am counting down to retirement now that I know that I'm going like that's my, the reinvention I am dying for. Like, well, you're a puzzler right now. You're already there. You did it. Right. But I'm looking forward to it being like a more of a full-time role. <laughs> like, exactly. Full-time puzzler. I love it. Yes. But I love the idea, like starting to think now of what are these, the next thing going to look like, because I think that it's easy to get stuck in 
And I would imagine, especially when you have five children, it's easy to get stuck in your whole identity being wrapped around, you know, motherhood and marriage and child rearing and those kinds of things. Yeah. And then having that phase be over and be like, oh shoot, I forgot to actually like build something for myself. Yes. And so I have one and I'm like, <laughs> because probably because I only have one, I am conscientious of how codependent I am. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay. Like, I need to make sure that I do build something outside of this child in case he decides he doesn't want me to go to college with him. Like right now he's saying I am invited to live in the dorms with him, but in case he changes his mind. <laughs> he's going to change his mind. I'm sorry to tell you. He's going to say that till he's probably 10. If he's like a little sweetheart boy, like a lot of them are. And then he's going to be like, well, yeah. I think that's honestly the beauty of the moment that we're in, which is a little different from the moment we'll be in when this airs, but maybe it's still a culturally like kind of the same moment is sometimes things have to happen to you to make you like to force you into that place. Like it is possible to get a little too comfortable. And one of the things I've actually been really grateful for as a mom is how much upheaval I've actually had externally. So Mm -hmm. take my my divorce, for example, I didn't want to get divorced. It's not something that I'm like super happy about. But it was like, okay, that's a wake up call. Like what is, so your life isn't going to look the way you thought it was. What's it really going to look like? And that's true for any one of us. Like at any point, our life could not look the way we thought it was going to. And so like, it's almost a nice practice to have things kind of jar us out of our complacency a little bit. Yeah. So we can choose to look at the moment we're in that way. If we want to put the positive spin on it. Right. Okay. So last question, this has been so good. I feel like we could go forever, but last question, in what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so shameless. I have, and I'm going to assume by that you mean shame free, right? So like, I mean, however you want to interpret it, it gets interpreted many, many ways. There's no wrong interpretation. I think that one of the beautiful things and the blessings of being a mom with older kids and having been doing this for so long, like my entire adult life, I've been a mom is that I don't have, I don't put too much weight on anything. So when I see everybody wanting to jump on a bandwagon, I will be like, no, I'm not doing that. Don't care. Like I have, there's no shame. I have zero shame. And that takes a long time to get to. Like it takes a lot of self-work, I think. Yeah. And a lot of repeating that over and over to yourself. Like I'm the decider. I get to decide. Like I get to make this arbitrary rule because they're my kids and I don't have to explain it to anybody. And the more you do that, the easier it is for that to become just reflexive. And so for me, it's like, I'm just a shame free mom. Like I have no shame. Like I, which isn't to say that I don't ever have guilt, but guilt is different. And sometimes I think, oh, I didn't handle that right. Mm-hmm. Oof, a little bit of guilt. Maybe I should apologize. Maybe I should change my course. But that feeling of just like free floating shame about not doing things right doesn't really exist in my life anymore. I love that. And I hope other moms can get there faster than I was able to. It took me a while. I love it. So good. Megan, this has been really awesome. Tell people where they can find you and connect with you, podcast, website, all those good things. Probably the best place. Um, I am at Megan Francis, M-E-A-G-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S on Instagram and basically everywhere social, but you're probably going to want to find, I'm kind of a inconsistent social media kind of person. So check out the mom hour. That is also the mom hour everywhere. You can find it in your podcast app, um, on Instagram at the mom hour, on Facebook at the mom hour and at the mom Love it. And then your podcast is on all podcast platforms, I'm assuming. Yep. 
easy to find. Excellent. So yes, for everyone who's been asking me, what other podcast should I listen to? Go listen to the mom hour, subscribe, download all of the good things. Megan, thank you for being here. And thank you for keeping this full of joy and optimism and light. I think people got some good laughs and also some good content out of all this, which I think is necessary right now. So thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. This has been a a lovely distraction from my day as well. So (laughs) thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.